Welcome, everybody. This is Joshua T. Berglund, my amazing wife behind me, Jessica Lynn, and we are so happy to have you here. We are on the LiveMono Worldwide Multimedia Broadcast Network. Uh, today is going to be a very, very special day. I'm really, really excited uh, to have the one and only Madison Marquette on the program. It's going to be a lot of fun. have no clue what we're going to talk about, but with <laughs> I have a feeling someone's going to get offended. I don't know if I'm going to be doing the offending, if it's her or not, but in the end, it's all about truth. It's all about truth. It's all about setting people free. It's all about rubbing the mud out of people's eyes so they can see truth. It's all about elevating other people. It's all about putting a spotlight on the shadow world. And you know what? I have no idea what all direction we're going to go, but it's going to be fun. And, uh, and I just asked today that the Lord bless this broadcast. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to interview Madison. Thank you to all of her fans and supporters and MAGA and America great people. <laughs> thank you for all of them watching. Thank you uh, for people that have been following Jessica and I's journey. This is going to be uh, quite the experience, and I just I hope that this broadcast brings collaboration. I hope this uh, broadcast uh, brings elevation. I hope this broadcast enlightens. I hope this broadcast sets people free. And I pray that this broadcast encourages people to live the life that God intended them to live. And uh, regardless of what's going on, Lord, that you put it on their heart that they can know that regardless of what's going on in the world, no matter what crazy, what, what nonsense, what evil, no matter what we're seeing with our eyes, Lord, that we know that your promises are true. We know that your promises never change. Your promises to give us the, to, the, 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 the promise that you created us for a specific and unique purpose that just overrules what man says because it's what you say and you're the ultimate authority. So Lord, I surrender this broadcast to you. And again, I pray that this uplifts, inspires, and you know what? Maybe even wrecks some people's sensibilities. God, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. In Jesus' name, Lord Jesus' name, amen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back after this.
So good on that. Thank you. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, we are so excited to introduce the one, the only. She really needs no introduction. <laughs> Madison Marquette. What's up, Madison? How you doing, my friend? Good. How are you? So let's start with offending people, okay? Because I told you I had a prop before we came on. Just because you know, <laughs> listen, oh. I'm like really annoyed because all these like pocket profits, that's not my saying. I stole it. And uh, you, though. Celebrity pastors have props. So here's my prop today, y'all. I got some wine. I got a glass. I'm going to pour some. I'm going to have a glass of wine. Let's piss people. What time is it? It's five o'clock somewhere. Who cares? Like, anyway. Cheers. <laughs> well, I'm drinking my uh, Pathway Water, which is a new sponsor of the show of the Live Model Worldwide Foundation. An amazing reusable alkaline water bottle. Uh, I love this company. Check them out. They're at your grocery store. I love this water. I am a huge fan of, look, I'm not a weird, a weird woo-woo kind of guy where I believe in like, you know, save everything that on the planet. I don't necessarily believe in that, but I am passionate about plastic pollution. It's a real problem. And I'm somebody that doesn't mind paying for a bag because we reuse them. Yeah. I even wrap Christmas presents in the bags from the grocery store. Because I hate, I hate, I, it's true. I cannot stand plastic pollution. I cannot stand littering. And it's about time a water company made a reusable water bottle that's affordable. It's and cheap. it's cute. And I have the white one. Yeah, it's two bucks. So I'm go check out Pathway Water. Anyway, Madison, enjoy your wine, my friend. <laughs> I'm drinking water right now. You know, I mean, people are just so crazy. It's like they find anything. And I'm doing that because someone had like sent me, a couple people sent messages on a review I had posted on a liquor store, like during this whole uh, COVID fiasco. And I'm like, seriously, that's how hard you dig to find something. They're like, you're a drunk. So I'm like, whatever. Call me a drunk. Call me whatever you want. <laughs> okay. I, what am I? God, we have so much in common. I swear to you. It's weird. It, it kind of is freaking me out a little bit. It's, I mean, listen, I understand that for some people it's challenging, but I literally, and, and ladies and gentlemen, for watching the program, whether it's your first time or not, thank you for being here. Um, at the end of this broadcast, I'm going to be, te I'm going to play the teachings of Jesus. And one of the things that sticks out in that, that I just was listening to before you came on was talking about not judging. Yeah. And, and I, in my live this morning, I talked about, you know, as believers, we're to run our own race. Now here's the thing and to stay out of other people's business. Now it's one thing if I go to you as a brother and sister in Christ and say, Hey, I'm really struggling with this. And then you have the opportunity to correct me, but until then stay the heck out of my way. Stay out of my path. Yeah. Let God be the one to correct me, not your judgmental, almost cursed. Anyway, yeah, don't, there's no, you get kicked off. You curse. it's insane to me, but we've gotten so busy with worrying about what other people are doing. We're not even examining our own hearts. Yeah. And I shared this on a program the other day, and I would love your thoughts about this, Madison. Um, I shared this that, um, like, oh. I lost my train of thought. I love it when that happens. Anyway, honey, how you doing? I'm hanging in there. My, I'm, I'm, I'm good. 
My wife sounds like a man right now because she's uh, surviving. Oh my gosh, she does not make things a little bit more interesting. Yeah, I mean, she's hot either way, but you know, that's a whole other conversation. Let the rumors fly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's enough rumors about me. Read the devil inside me. You'll have all kinds of fun. We oh, talk about wait. trannies and we give you the rumors. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you all the rumors you need. And by the way, Madison, before we get really, really started in all this, boy, you have quite the group of friends and followers. My goodness. They love you. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like I have some love and then I, I have as much of, of love I have, I have just as much hate. Like right now, I think there's three Telegram groups dedicated to hate me. Like one's called a watch party. I mean, and then there's like Facebook groups that are dedicated to hating on me and discrediting me. I mean, just to go back to your thing, I'm like, this is what people unfortunately with the world of internet this is what people do right is yes I, I love the love and the people that are so supportive i mean like they're amazing but the hate i mean one of my admins on my telegram page she said to me i've never seen anyone trolled and hated as much as you other than trump and i go well thank you for putting me up there with trump i don't think i'm at that level but i <laughs> I, I appreciate it i mean listen when you're speaking the truth i think you guys you too probably more than anyone knows this when you're speaking the truth, it's uncomfortable and people don't like it. And we have a society of religious spirits that these fake pastors and false prophets have groomed that are in our society today. And they don't want to know the truth of like what the devil looks like. I mean, the book, your book, The Devil Inside Me, like what that looks like, what the devil looks like, because we've seen the devil firsthand for multiple years. And so we know that we don't want any part of that. And so we know what Jesus looks like, Yeshua, Jesus. So we don't ever want to go back, but no, if you haven't experienced the level of evil that we have, it's just, you have these like fake pastors with gimmicks and everything else to get people in the door, but no one's speaking the truth. No one. And here's the thing too, about truth, the truth for you can change. Yeah. And I, the, the more, I know what I was going to say now, the more, the closer I've gotten to God, what was true to me? I mean, there were certain things that were just certain and not changing, but other things my heart changed on. But if I have somebody in my face yelling at me, telling him I'm a no good damn sinner going to hell and blah, 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 blah. That's not going to make me want to change my heart. It's going to make me want to put a, baseball bat behind your neck that's what it's gonna do yeah like, you're not make, you're not bringing me to jesus by calling me a faggot you're not leading me to jesus by calling me an aids dick or any of these other names that people like to come up with you're not but you know what leads me to jesus well my surrender yeah my surrender led me to jesus not any of the other noise no but that's the thing all you know what and i'm i and i'm curious to see if you agree with this all that other noise pushed us further and further away from God. And it wasn't until we, like you said, surrendered ourselves and our heart that we came to God. Those people that are religious spirits, if you and I were not on the level and same with Jessica that we are with God right now, we would be pushed so they would push us so far back into that sin. Because if you look at what they're they're selling, I want nothing to do with it. It seems like they're imprisoned themselves in this religious spirit and I'm free in Jesus. I am not imprisoned anymore. You were imprisoned, I was imprisoned. No one can put me there again, but there's no wonder people don't wanna stand up for the truth because they're just so stuck in their own imprisonment. It's really, 
over the past couple months, I've seen it more and more and it's just sad. It is, it breaks my heart because it's like, they don't even really know what true freedom is. They're, they're enslaved themselves and they don't even know that they're enslaved. Well, and everything, the other part of the enslavement is that they're a part when you, when you were saying they don't know, mm. it's because they believe a lot of what they've been told. Yeah. And that's a problem. Um, you know, like it's, it's, I'm just it's good. Their, it's their reality. So yeah. yeah, it's like telling them that their reality is not real. And that's hard yeah. to accept. And you have to see it for yourself. Look, I, it's heartbreaking to know that the Catholic church and, and, you know, and the Pope and the black Pope are a bunch of evil kid touching blood drinking monsters. It's, 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 it's heartbreaking to know that it's heartbreaking to know that they have allowed sex trafficking and all of these other evils to go on for years. And, but yet no one's, no one's even like, I mean, not no one, but few people like we should be going, we should be marching at the Catholic church is what we should be doing. Cause it starts there. Well, it didn't start. Well, it starts it, it with the Christian church too. I mean, I was trafficked through the Christian church. I've named many names. You know, what's crazy is I have followers and I have said, why are we not standing outside? I have named the pastors that trafficked me. Most likely there are kids in those churches right now. Why are you not standing outside these churches and saying, Hey, let me know, like, let's see what's going on like let's see what's happening i don't understand why people don't demand to see the financials of these churches that are raising hundreds of thousands of dollars for haiti and all these other israel and everything else where is that money why is that money not here in america we have starving people here in america i was just driving earlier and i pulled over and i told the guy let me buy you and not trying to toot my own horn but there's a guy on the street like this guy we have enough money here in america that he shouldn't be on the street you know what I mean? Yeah. It just, we need to be, it's not only the Catholic church, they focused on the Catholic church, but frankly, I think the Christian church is way worse than the Catholic church, way worse. In track- They learned it from somewhere. I learned it from you, dad. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Well, look, at, look at all these, all of these pedophiles, Billy Graham, Franklin Graham, uh, what Houston, Brian Houston and his dad, all of these people, you, you got to pass the torch, right? In your family lineage, you can also pass the torch for them to be pedophiles and rapists too. And that's what's happening. And nothing's going to stop until we, the people stand up and say enough's enough, but I can't do it on my own. And people always want me to lead them, but I'm like, be a leader. I know there's leaders out there, like stand up and organize the um, protest and everything else. I just bug can, <laughs> can you talk about, I actually, I really want you, do you want to share that? Oh, what about our, the church. Our church well so my uh, my background is in education and children are my heart it's yeah. what i know and it's what i've done for a lot of years so i know the legalities of child care centers and i know that sometimes with nonprofits and different organizations you can kind of like get away with stuff if you uh if you have it at a certain time of the day or only for a certain amount of time, you don't necessarily have to have uh, all of the credentials and the people watching these children, which I, I didn't really realize that that would happen at a church that I might be leaving my children with people that, uh, I mean, could be awful people. I used to hire teachers. So I know the, the background checks and the, the work it goes into making sure that the, the people in charge of watching other people's 
kids are are good. Um, so it just we we got an email, and it said that there was somebody who used to work in the child care center who uh, has been charged with some sort of um, child so, sexual misconduct. Con- yeah, um, and it just it just bothers me because now I mean it's close to home <laughs> like that is close to home and I got to talking with Joshua and I said well do they pay these people do they do background checks on these people the I I don't personally know how church organizations work on the back end of the child care centers and the schools and stuff but it would be interesting to find out how someone could could be uh, with children whether they're volunteered or paid and that be happening. Well, think can you about speak to that? Do you know? Yeah, I mean, well, think about this. Well, I do think that there's, and let me just, I think there are good churches out there that are under, because I talk about the 501c3 and people were like, you need to talk to Josh about the 501c3. I'm like, that's not a conversation he and I are going to have today. Like, whatever. I wish we didn't have it. Let's put it that way. (laughs) I I understand that. I mean, I get it. And so, but like, you're not, I mean, you guys are doing ministry, but not church. Like this this is, I'm talking about the churches here that are under the 501c3 that are unable, like they are in bed with the government right and they have to do what the government says so yes there are good churches out there that are under this 501c3 that probably hire people and they do background checks and everything's good right but think about this if you haven't been caught right abusers attract abusers and if anyone knows that better than anyone it's joshua and i because when you're in that abusive like state you attract more abusive people because you're in that abusive state so you attract them so think about these mega church pastors that trafficked me and harmed me they are being they're attracting those people that will keep their secrets because they're just as sick and twisted as they are so then they what they do is they start taking pictures and everything else and so now there's this like mountain of evidence against the people that they're hiring and the trafficking not is not necessarily i think that there's pedophilia going on in the churches i'm not saying all churches i'm saying i think that there's pedophilia going on in the churches but i think that the trafficking is they are targeting the ones that come to their church so for my experience single moms single dads people that are in vulnerable situations or financial situations and then they grab those kids or manipulate the parents to take those kids and then they start trafficking or sacrificing them and that's how that works but think about a mega church they have multi i mean in an entirety you can I can name five pastors that in with their income in, in an entirety, they're almost worth a trillion dollars. So think about how much they can hide with all that money and in these churches. So yes, just like the schools, I do believe that these churches run backgrounds. They have to for like, um, what's the word to like show appearances, right? That they're running backgrounds, but they don't really care if someone is a, like the problem is that with us, the parents, we should be saying, I want to see the background check of the people that are um, watching my kid. Like, yeah. you know, I was taking my kids. Yeah. yeah. You know, I try to go to a church where I'm at now. I try to go to a couple and my kids were like, one of them was like, I don't like the children's church and was very adamant. And I'm like, you know what? Our kids tell us, how they are feeling even if they're not telling us how they're feeling he does i don't know why he didn't like it but he in his gut his little gut he was like mommy i don't like this and so i chose to not take him back there because something to him was off and so let's listen to our kids go ahead (laughs) no no i'm 
like, God bless you, because that is, I learned something through her. So I I was a deadbeat dad um, until the Lord got a hold of my heart. And and so I never, I missed, I have a 21-year-old daughter that I missed most of her childhood. Didn't know about her until she was three. Uh, My other two children I gave up for adoption because I was a chem sex addict. Um, But so I, I knew nothing about parenting. I barely could take care of myself. Uh, it was a disaster. Anyway, long story short, through her, when I when I got when I came into her and the girls' lives, I had this idea of what I thought parenting was. And one of them, one of the, the small examples that I can give that I didn't know anything about is, um, I thought that you know how when you when the families get together and they're like, okay, go give grandma a hug or go give your uncle a hug, and, and you're like. And they're like, no, I don't want to do that. And you're like, no, give them a hug. And you're pushing them. Yeah. That was an example. I forgot what, what I, when it, it came I, up. I've, I've, right off the bat, if my kids don't want to hug somebody, I've always said, your body's your body. Yes. Nobody touches your body except for you, your mom or dad to keep you clean, or the doctor to make sure you are healthy and with us present. Yes. You know, yes. so they're, they know if it's, I've repeated that constantly. Yeah. So they know if they don't want someone to touch them, that they have that right to say no. And it freaked me out the first time when I tried to give them a hug and be affectionate because I thought that that's what I was supposed to do when we first met. And they're kind of like, ah! <laughs> and I freaked out. And I'm like, I got my feelings hurt. Oh, yeah. And like, and I already, I'm, I was, I'm, was so in love with those kids already that I, like they broke my heart all the time at first mm-hmm. and I didn't understand, but she explained it to me that, you know, like, Hey, if they're not comfortable like, that's a violation to them. And what happens when they get older, if we've trained them to go uh, ignore that feeling, ignore your intuition, ignore the spirit inside you saying run from that mother trucker or whatever <laughs> it is, then, yeah. you know, they to pay attention to it, but you can, you push that discernment down long enough and you make that a habit. Well, now you get yourself in situations that, well, I think you and I got into. Yeah, but no one taught us. When we were younger, and I don't know all of your story. I know we chatted when we were at the conference and you know things were crazy. People trying to get the DNA and all this other craziness, right? Like <laughs> That was a crazy. I'm, I'm convinced the whole reason why that event even took place is for me to meet my sister. That's the only reason. Oh, I now agree. I got to get dressed up and look at I agree. <laughs> Listen, you two were my favorite. I mean, I just love you and adore you. I mean, you guys know that. I'm like, you know, at this point, it's like there's certain people you'll take bullets for, and that's how I am and feel with you guys. And that's where, you know what? Going back to, we weren't taught that our bodies are our bodies. We were molested, raped, and so as you get older, you selling your body or giving your body to someone any random person for that what you think is love and affection you continue to do it even when i was being trafficked like after i was out i like continued to just go sleep around because i just was like i just want to like feel like love because i thought that was love until i got my healing and again it was truly free in jesus that i didn't like I wasn't free. I wasn't, you know what I mean? And that's what's wrong with our kids. I mean, look what's going on right now. 
with the jabby jab. Like we don't tell our kids to not like their body's their body and that they are allowed to say no, then they're going to be at school or wherever. And right now the, the pedophilia is everywhere in the schoolhouse, the church house, the courthouse, like people are, I mean, someone just posted some study how it was like, they called it like, I, and forgive me, I'm going to say it wrong, but like gender, um, minor attraction. I'm like, yeah. no, it's like literally child rape and molestation. And that's what they're wanting to do. They're trying to take, steal the innocence of these children. And that's what they did to us. And look at, imagine how different, I mean, and I, I'm glad I, I don't regret my life. And I'm glad that I think God allowed that to happen to us, even when we were children. So we can be in this battle and fight now because not a lot of people are in it, but just imagine how different our lives would have looked if we had parents that loved us and cared about us and fought for us like we do for our children, you know? Well, I, I want to say that really quick. Um, my mom was the patron saint of awesome, mm. <laughs> but yeah. she didn't know. She was oblivious to what was happening because when I was molested the first time um, by the two guys, you know, I was told that you say anything, we're going to beat your ass. Or you say anything, we're going to you know, do this and that, bad things are going to happen to you, all these threats. So like, I was scared to use my voice, which thank God now I'm not, but I was then. Yeah. And, and the other thing that I learned in that time, this is something too, I want to say to parents, I feel led to say this, I haven't remembered this thought in a long time, but the, um, you know, it's when we tell our kids to tell the truth and we want them to tell the truth, but then when we have like say there's drama at home or something's happening at home and and then we say don't you say anything we keep family business behind closed doors you what you're doing yeah. is teaching your kids to lie and deceive and hide yeah. and i'm going to tell you right now here's what that looks like for me after being molested the first time i kept on getting molested by different people men women it didn't matter um, I never said a word. I, I went to a guidance counselor one time because I was acting out and I told her what happened. She told me that was normal for little boys to do that, uh, which that you, you don't, you're not aimingly penetrating a youth and there's nothing normal about that. Um, and then, but the, 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 the silence going on, I learned to hide all of it. I learned to hide so well that my double life, when I would leave my wives or girlfriends and go do cocaine and meth, and I would go sleep with hookers, I would leave that double life to go to a double life where I was going to uh, sex parties with men and using meth. And I became a chem sex addict for 20 years because I got so comfortable and felt so safe in the shadow world that I didn't know how to get out and I didn't even want to get out. And here's another thing. I love Jesus. I love the Lord. I love Father, Daddy, God with all my heart and all my soul. And I live my life for him, period. Yeah. But, but I've had like the, 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 the struggle to the, the, the path of like, I, I, uh, bleh, I'm getting too excited. <laughs> um, but I, I do and I love him. But you know what? It has been a really massive struggle for me to stay on the path because of the issues of trying to heal and, and, and learning what's true and learning what's true for me. Because one of the things that happened out of all of that was developing DID, which is called multiple personality disorder for most people that don't know that. And here's the honest to God truth. 
I still, even though I love the Lord, even though I've been through six deliverances, I still have switches. My wife is right here. She'll tell you. And you know what? That doesn't keep me from loving the Lord. It doesn't mean that everything's always easy. It doesn't mean that I'm always perfect and I wasn't going to be perfect even if I had one personality. But for all the people that come at my myself and other people with DID and say, you haven't been delivered yet, like it's some kind of judgment or some kind of you're not good enough and you're not really Christian, go screw yourself. Because that's not true. Because not everybody, sometimes it's a healing journey. And my calling on my life is to walk out and verbalize my healing journey as it comes. Another thing, I still am not 100% confident of what my identity as far as who I, like, the uh, sexuality-wise, because I switch and sometimes it's different. But you know what? It doesn't change my heart for the Lord. I know that the Lord is healing me and I'm healing more and more and more as time evolves, but I'm not perfect. And you know what? I have no problem saying that out loud, even though I love the Lord. Does it make me blasphemous? No, it doesn't. It doesn't make it because I'm confessing already what it is that I'm doing or what it is that's going on with me. And if the Lord is going to correct me, then dadgummit, he's going to correct me because he does it all the time. Yeah. You, we got to quit judging other people because their healing journey is different. We don't know their circumstances. We don't know what it's like for people that have had dicks waved in their face and forced in their face and forced inside of them without them knowing for years. And we don't know how that messes with their brain. We can't judge those people. We have to love them because the only way we're going to heal is with truth and with love. Mm -hmm. Amen. I mean, I'm at the chills, man. That was, the Holy Spirit was in there. I'm telling you right yeah. now. And that's where when Did I curse? No, I'm telling, you, I'm telling you right now. You know when Jesus shows up in moments like this, not with these religious spirits that think they know everything because you just said it right. And let's this is how people get offended. When you've had dicks waved in your face and shoved up every hole in your body and forced upon you and their demons forced upon you, no one can judge you and your healing journey or whatever. They're, they do not know that struggle because healing for us, regardless if there is never going to be a full on healing for us because that's a daily journey for us. We have triggers and you know what, like, you know, there's certain things that I struggle with where even my therapist was like, I, I struggle trusting people. I don't know who around me is legit and who around me wants something. And usually it's because they want something. My therapist says, you can't be so paranoid. And I'm like, it's, is this paranoia? Like, I'm not trying to act crazy. I just don't, trust people because of everything that I have gone through. And it's the same with you. I'm so sick. And you know what pisses me off more than anyone, anything is when people tell us what we are. Listen, when we say what we are, that's a different thing. Okay. You, for me to say, Joshua, you have DID. The fuck you do? Part of my language. It's none of my business. <laughs> like, I just like, seriously, it is not about me telling you what you have you know why because you and your wife right there what you guys like go ahead i no somebody i just said the same thing yesterday when somebody <laughs> some guy he doesn't know just like popped on and said well if you have did you need to read this book like, what yeah we've been living and working and talking to jesus every second of every day we should read your book <laughs> I, mean, I don't like being told what I need to do anything anyway, but I'm with you on that. But here's the thing. You're not a medical case. Okay. We're a medical case to our therapist. 
Okay, not to all random strangers or people on the internet that think that they want to diagnose us with their freaking religious spirits and why Jesus flipped the tables in the first place. Did he not hang out with the leopards and the drunks and the prostitutes? Because from my understanding and when I read the Bible, that's who he, yes, he died for the religious spirits too, but he flipped the tables and was pissed off. Stop trying to diagnose us. And really, if you want to know Jesus on a personal level, get to know him. It pisses me off more because someone said it to you when we were at that conference. And I was getting annoyed because I'm like, stop saying that he has this. Like, I wanted to say, and listen, people are going to be pissed off because, oh, my God, she's cussing. I mean, I posted an F Joe Biden flag and people were mad. I'm like, but they're going to get mad. I wanted to be like, bitch, stop telling him he has DID because you don't know. You don't know anything. You're here scamming people for money. And now you're calling my friend who's a new friend and like, Stop calling it. It drives me nuts. I mean, if anything gets me riled up is calling and telling survivors what they have, because guess what? What I have, my therapist has diagnosed me. She tells me, well, she says that now I'm on like the stage of PTSD because I've done these rescues and they've been traumatic and, and everything else. She says I have PTSD and I have um, cognitive dissonance or whatever. And there's another term where it's like, it's hard, it's basically hard to let people in because again, I don't know. Anytime I've let people in, they use it to manipulate me. And because I don't know at this point, am I attracting someone good or am I attracting someone that wants to manipulate me for sex or comfort or whatever? So, I mean, I know I went off on a tangent, but it just oh, makes no, please so mad. Yeah. Um, oh. I'm gonna ask you something. Did you ever become a predator of any sort? The hunt? Did you ever become the hunter instead what of the hunting? Other than who you hunt now? You know, no. I mean, I don't know. I think that I dated men after, and I think I hurt them. I think that, so if that makes me a predator, probably, but I wasn't healed. I never like went looking for it. My thing was, is I was always looking for an escape and I tried to find those escape in men. So maybe yes, if you're kind of hunting and then you find a man that like you can get married to or be with, and then it like all goes to hell, right? Because you're not healed or anything yeah. like that. So, but now I'm like, now that I'm in that healing journey, which, you know, I, I think I'm in a, I'm a lot further than I was even a couple of years ago. Now I do hunt them. So I don't, you know, I don't know how to really answer Wait, that. For the right reasons, not the opposite. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. and I've never harmed any children or anything like that. That's like, even when everything was being done to me, I never knew who was underage and who wasn't because sometimes like in the porn industry, girls are 18, 19, and they're saying they're 16, 17. When I got in the industry, I looked very young. I didn't even know how old I was when I got out because they kept telling me to lie about my age. So I was so confused about my identity oh. of what's my name because you have so many different names they give you. What, like, how old am I? You know, you're just kind of like, what? who am I at this point? So, you know, I think anyone that's been in that situation and you learn from these predators, I think that you become a predator at some point in your life, but I don't think it's intentional. I think it's just, you're so broken and hurt that whether you're looking for an escape or whatever. Yeah. So, and, and the reason I asked the question is just because I, for me, you know, I went from obviously the hunted, um, yeah to a hunter of sorts because yeah. my gifting i mean i don't want to like you know go too in depth about what my spiritual gifts are but 
they allow me to see people in such a way that uh, you can see the um, demons, right? manipulation is really easy. And but here's the other thing: the flip side of it is when I use when now filled with the Holy Spirit, that same gift exists. It's yeah. just now it's used for good. That said, I can sense when someone's been hurt or when someone used to be a demon or they are a demon like I was. Yeah. I can smell it a mile away. I can feel it. I know yeah. when someone's been hurt. And one of the things that I've had to do in my healing journey, I, I've done some other shows and people have asked me because I'm like, I say I'm a recovery narcissist. Um, you know, I'm in recovery for a lot of different things because I was a maniac, evil monster. Yeah. But the thing that I've had to really, really, and it makes me have to be aware is that when I do get a vision or I can see something and I can feel it, I have to make sure that I'm checking in with God yes. because the same instinct, that same draw of, oh, I can make you a victim or I can save you is there. I can't explain it. I, you call me evil. Or what I mean, your audience can call me evil. Not I'm evil. just being honest with you because that is something. And I'm curious for the audience out there, whether you're listening on the podcast or watching on social or on the network, I'm curious to know if you've been abused, did you develop some kind of like spidey like instinct that you can see it? I, for me, I call it my dark wings flap. I don't know of a better way to explain it, but it's like it, I can sense it mm -hmm. and I'm immediately talking to God or I'll even tell the person up front, we got to stop this conversation or we need to run interference because I can sense it. And yeah. it's like waking something up that I don't want awake. And yeah. I don't know what that means. Maybe that means I'm not fully delivered. But the point is, I'm talking about it. <laughs> so I don't God think that, that means that you're not delivered. I don't think that means that you're not delivered. I think it means that God, God has took what was meant for evil and he's turned it for good to yeah. give you those instincts and different things. I mean, because I, I think I have the problem now that I want to rescue everyone and save everyone. <laughs> so many people are like, you cannot do that. You can't rescue everyone. You just because people don't want to be saved. And that's the no. thing. It's like, I don't want to be saved. You didn't want to be saved. Like until you come to that, it's just like a true alcoholic or a true drug addict or whatever until you make the choice for yourself to be saved you can't save anyone it's kind of like me pushing people to go protest i can yell from the rooftops all i want to go demand like these churches to start answering for certain things that people are coming forward and saying have been done to them but until it awakens something in them and themselves then it just it, we're just spinning a wheel and then we're just exhausting ourselves but i don't think that makes you an evil person because i'm like that i'll be talking to people and and i i don't know what it is it's the same thing i can feel like either a very intense like level of evil and i'm like and then i think is this me am i the evil one or they like the evil, you know, I'm like the same thing. And it's just, or I'll see their face. And then I'm like, okay, there's, I see something crazy and weird, but maybe this is just me because I don't trust people. So like people don't understand we're going through when we're having conversations, believe it in this conversation, you're going through a million things in your head. Like 
Okay. And then you have to come back to reality and sanity, right? So you don't go insane. And that's where a lot of people don't understand. And, and God's helped us. I think God's helping you too. I think that God gives people like us those gifts, right? And then he gives you an awesome wife like Jessica, who can, I mean, can keep you grounded. I'm serious. I can keep you grounded. I mean, when I met her, I was like, I would never mess with her because she's like, And I'm not saying this, I'm saying this as a compliment because she's, she's not a woman of a lot of words, but when she does speak, she's very wise when she speaks. And I think that that's, you needed someone like that. And so God puts the people in our life to keep us grounded. You know, I have friends like that, that are around that keep me grounded. I mean, one of my friends, she like cracks me up because she, and I hope she does not get mad at me for saying this, but no one knows who she is, but she ended up like in the crazy bid, whatever you want to call it. And I'm like, listen, the fact that you were in like a 72 hour hold makes me love you even that much more because you're real. <laughs> so, like, I don't, you know what I mean? And she's, those are the people that my kids are around who I know would not hurt my kids. That it's like, we are all working on ourselves, whether it's in therapy, prayer, spiritual, whatever it is. It's like, I know that the people around me regardless of our issues that we work very hard to stay sane. But that brings me to another point, which is really discouraging for me is that think about when we needed help, there wasn't help to be found and we had to go find it for ourselves. And there's no safe havens for people like you, Joshua, or people like me. There, there aren't there. And if there are, forgive me, but there aren't any. And the people that say that they want to make safe havens, they're just trying to make a dime off of our stories really. And it's sad to me. You know, I'm, I, I, that brings up a thought. I desperately seeking, I found refuge with prostitutes. Because I was so confused with my sexual identity, I didn't know if I was just a weird freak. I didn't know if I didn't know what I didn't know what was what. And I know that drugs had something to do with it. But even before the drugs, there was a lot of weird confusion and not understanding. And you know, I've learned a lot more about it as I've gotten older about my family history and stuff like that. But I didn't know who to talk to because when I went to church, I grew up in Oklahoma uh, before moving to California. I've moved all over the place since then, but. Grew up in church going, you're going to hell. You sleep with men. You see your head. You fornicator. You're going to hell. I mean, I'm terrified. And then I'm terrified of like, well, my parents think this too. And and I mean, even though my dad was a singer, which is a whole other conversation. Uh, my mom wasn't, but my dad was, if you catch my drift. Um, yeah. But I'm hearing all this stuff and I'm terrified to ever speak the truth of what happened what these thoughts, these nightmares that have now morphed into fantasies, like, what the heck is this? And I'm terrified so much. And I have so much shame and so angry and so more confused that I would leave church and go do eight balls of cocaine and just try to erase the pain out of my mind. Like, I don't even know so much of it if it came from desire or if it was just trying to bury the pain that I felt. That's what your judgment does to people. Not you. No, I know what you mean. But you know what? It didn't, like, this is what infuriates me. Really? Like, you were molested as a child, right? By men, right? Men and women, yeah. Okay, so you were molested as a child by men and women. You, there was a sexual awakening in you by men, okay, and women alike, right? 
that you shouldn't have been awoken in you as a small child. So when you grow up, again, here, you don't know what reality is and what isn't because you, as a child, you were taught that you should like what this man is doing to you or if they made you do something to them. It's like, you should like this because this is what you were taught. But God forbid you go in the freaking church, any church and say, I'm struggling with my sexuality and they want to put you in some, uh, what are those camps called? Like whatever. Conversion. Is it conversion? Conversion camp. Yeah. yeah. Put you in a conversion camp. Instead of getting to the root of people's issues and the root of their hurt and to tell them you're loved, Jesus died for you, and you got to take it to Jesus' feet. I'm so, like, it really, this is where the issue is, and this is where the revival needs to happen because the hurting are the ones that are that have been molested you know any gay person that i know has told me that they were molested when they were a child so why am i judging them because god died for them too so on their deathbed like the thief on the cross if they for like ask god for like forgiveness on their deathbed does that mean god's not going to take them to heaven because your stupid religious spirit tells them that they can't go to heaven no it just really annoys the heck out of me and it's like that is you something was awakened in you that's where it all stems from when something is awakened to you, in you as a child just like as a child it was an awakened in me that women take off their clothes for men and it, it it's a normal thing to do so how easy was it for me to walk into the porn agent and say okay let me take off the cl my clothes because it's a normal thing for me to get naked in front of men it again we were children at one point, innocent children. That's what people need to realize. We're adults now and we're like, you know, crazy and cussing and have our wine and whatever we're talking about. But take it back to where Joshua, you were a child, Jessica, you were a child and I was a child. We were a child again with no CP even because I know when I was a child, my oldest sister called CPS and CPS told me if you talk about what's going on in this household we're going to take you to a worse household what's worse than getting raped and molested god forbid i go to that house right so again let's remember people when you're a child and things are awakening you like you shouldn't be held accountable you're held accountable now for your actions but you shouldn't be held accountable for what some grown person did to you as a child and made you really into who you are and you have to go on that journey of healing all on your own jessica can't, can't do it for you nope. your kids can't do it nobody can do it you have to go on it on your own but no one needs to judge you for that either and that's where there's so many hurting people you know how many women and porn stars and everything else i talk to that have had an issue usually people with sexual issues or sexual addictions or whatever have had some type of abuse when they were a child yeah you know, the best thing, my the, the my favorite thing about walking with the Lord is grace. Yeah. And I mean, there's, I guess I, it's hard to say favorite, but one of the things is this, you give your life to the Lord, you're on the spiritual high. I remember my experience in LA County <laughs> jail with the Holy Spirit. Thank God it wasn't Bubba. Um, but, Orange County jail. <laughs> but I was in isolation, um, <laughs> but I had an experience that dramatically changed my life. And then, you know, of course, I I thought I'm going to be in jail for the next. I didn't give my life to the Lord because I thought I was going to be there for five years. I had nothing to do with that. Um, but when I got out in the streets, I'm like, oh, these promises were a lot easier to keep behind bars. My God, now I got to go out in the real world. Oh, boy. Yeah. But 
what I learned was after a couple of weeks, the spiritual high wore off and I was like, oh crap, where's God? Where's God? But I was fortunate that that time that I committed to the relationship, not thinking the just picking up the Bible and reading a couple of verses, but a relationship, really trying to understand who Jesus was. And the irony is the more I've gotten to know Jesus, the more I've learned who I am, yeah. which is kind of exciting. Um, but the part in figuring it out is this. I had I had relapses. I had a month long relapse that in three years into giving my life to the Lord, two, two, and a, two years into my giving my life to the Lord, I had a really bad month long relapse where I was going on four day meth binges, sleeping with 20 guys. And sometimes I wasn't sure what it was and, you know, all kinds of stuff. And I love Jesus. And of course, I had another moment with God when I was about to re-up and it dramatically changed my life. But here's the thing. In that moment, God came to me. I'm about to re-up. I'm on my phone. I'm like on one of the sex apps looking for drugs and sex. And, and all of a sudden, I see God right here just drop by my eye. And mind you, I've been up for four days straight. I'm about to re-up. And I know if I keep this party going, I'm dead because I've been here before. I know the fifth day was like the... This is when you're overdosing. This is when you're going to die. Yeah, this is bad. Yeah. He came to me. He said, I'm not done with you yet. This is going to suck, but I'm not done with you. You're going to put a spotlight on your shadow world. He gave me a show name. He gave me all of it. That's how Gratitude Unfiltered was born, the previous show I did. But here's the point. God used it. I used my relapse experience. I talked about it. I, I didn't hide from it. I shared it. I said everything I did. And you know what? God used it in the most powerful way. Did people turn their back against me? Oh, sure. Absolutely. But I also got closer with a lot of people. I got closer to God in that moment. I had another relapse two years later where a woman was threatening to blackmail me and say she was going to share pictures all over the place. I was like, <laughs> you don't even know who you're talking to. Some of you all that are watching right now will remember this episode. I talked about my relapse the next day on the air, went alive, yep. confessed it. It wasn't to brag about what I did, but I found that when I confess publicly, when I get rid of my secrets, yeah. I live way more free. Yes. God gets to use it in a much bigger way. And you know what? I get to learn a little bit more about God in that moment. And I also learn that I don't want to disappoint him like that again. Aww. But that came from grace, not judgment. Yes. That came from God's love and God convicting me and God speaking to me. And then it became my decision to be obedient or not. My job is not to be obedient to man, yes. to your religion, to your preacher, to your, your job, whatever. My job is to be obedient to the Holy Spirit and Daddy God. Yes. And that is it. Mm. Preach. I love it. It's, oh my, I love that. I, seriously, you have such an anointing and no one's going to tell you that, but I'm going to tell you that because Thank this you. is where the sinners, because we're sinners, right? Like we, I feel like when you've gone down that road is when you're going down the path again, when you relapse on whatever it is, that you do need that grace and you need it more than ever because it's like when we've seen God and then we relapse into whatever it is, then we need grace more than ever because no one's harder on ourselves than us. And it's like, can you just have a little bit of grace and 
you know, and yes, we answer to God, nobody else. You know, I went to um, this, I was, someone invited me to this church called Cigars and Sermons. So I was like, let me see. It's a gimmick, That's right? So it's fun, really actually. fun. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, let me go check this out, right? So I go, I went, you know, two weeks in a row. And I like the second week, I'm like, this is why I cannot stand any type of organized religion because he's preaching that we answer to the pastor and we answer to him and that we have to tithe to him. And I'm like, no, first of all, that's not what God says. God says, take care of the needy, the widow and the fatherless, not like, and take care of like, bring in the drug addict, right? Bring in the prostitute and be like, do you need a meal? Come sit down and let's have a meal, whatever it is. What kind of meal do you want? I'll order it in or whatever. Bring those people into your homes. Not like here, give this pastor that's like dressed in whatever Gucci, whatever he's dressed in, you know? And I'm, he said he had made money prior, whatever. But then he's like making comments, which is like, our testimony is our testimony, right? It's not gossip. What you're talking about and what you've gone through is your testimony. What I talk about and what I've gone through is my testimony. Me being trafficked and raped and beat and tortured by megachurch pastors is not gossip. It is my testimony. So when you sat at when he sat at his pulpit and he was talking about Billy Graham, I knew exactly what the guy was doing. He's trying to trigger me like to act crazy in his little gimmicky church or whatever. And I'm like, you know what? This is why we are in the state and the society is in the state that we are in now. And the church, the church is in the state that they are now because it's weird to be told to answer to man when if the preacher would just preach that we answer to God, then things would chart start changing and that God truly does forgive the most horrendous sins. I mean, people tell me, I don't want your trafficker to be forgiven. I've forgiven them. Why can't you forgive them? If they ask and repent, God died for them. I'm sorry he did. Like you can't say he didn't. There is true repentance. I'm not saying that there's not consequences because we've had consequences. Oh, there's consequences. Yeah, we've had consequences. <laughs> I live with them every day. Same here. You know, we've had consequences of the things that we've done and and done to other people and everything else. Like there's consequences for those, but that doesn't mean that you are not beyond forgiveness. It's like the grace. And you know what's really sad is people like us give so much more grace when we shouldn't. When other people that have like had an epic life. And when I see an epic life, I'm talking about like maybe a normal life. Like, I don't even know what a normal life is at this point. Like, <laughs> I don't know, normal family. Like you got married in your twenties and like you did the whole church. I'm going to be pure until I have my husband, whatever. Okay. Like normal, you know what I mean? And so they're the ones that are not going to give you any grace. And it's like, gosh, you know, if you guys saw the devil, you would know that you would get on your knees and you would be like, Jesus, I will never like turn back. And if I do, I'm still going to come back. I may mess up sometimes, but I'm still going to end back up at your feet. And these religious spirits and these churches and everything, they've just created an army of people that really don't know who Jesus is and how amazing he is. And people, I, I'm going to say this and, I, and I'm just going to say it. There's an anointing on YouTube and people don't like it. They don't like it because you can speak the truth and you can speak jesus i mean i this is the, i think the only show i've been on where i feel the holy spirit moving so much and look it people aren't gonna like it i have my wine i was cussing what did you say i said and i'm jealous of you right now I know, right. <laughs> <laughs> listen i had to um people don't know this everyone but someone tried to get our dna the last time i was in a bar with these two <laughs> 
Oh man, we can't we can't talk about it. <laughs> no, that's a story for another time. Well, I was thrown out of my chair because that's a whole like five hour thing. Yeah. Good lord! I. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, I'm just saying, like, listen, don't stop what you're doing because the religious spirits don't like it. I mean, I told people to follow your Facebook page, and I said religious spirits are not gonna like it because you just are who you are and it's like listen however you choose to get your message across guess what that message that you're doing where people think things are racy and whatever and whatever they think it's like that message is going to get to the person the 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 sinner that needs it like right the ones that's at the depths of hell right now because we were at the depths of hell and they need people that love them and were at the depths of hell and can give them grace and tell them what the true truth is is that Jesus died for you he loves you and it's a simple message and we've polluted the message so much because of all the evil that's around us i so i had a I, the, god that reminds me of something so I've been divorced three times. This is my fourth marriage. The third marriage was I married somebody I didn't know. And that was a crazy, that's a crazy story. We don't have time to, there's an episode about that too. But <clears throat> what that did was it helped me really see that it was time for me to be alone. Cause I could not be alone. I didn't trust myself. I didn't trust myself to be alone because when I was alone, all of a sudden it was like, Oh, okay. I'll get on an app and, you know, next thing I know I'm up for four days straight and doing God knows I don't want to repeat. Um, but I got to this place and I finally realized I could see it like, okay, this is how I'm showing up in relationships. I get to heal this. I get to work on this. I get to, I get to learn how to be around myself. Yeah. And you know what the struggle was? Why I couldn't do it is other than, other than not loving myself, I didn't, I could not wrap my head around God loving me and someone I didn't, even though I'd given my life to the Lord, I still couldn't fathom that he loved me. I didn't think I was good enough to be loved still. And this is two years in to following Jesus. And someone looked at me and I don't remember. I think it was Dea. I think this is when I first met Dea, actually, Viola, uh, who's on our network. She said to me, I swear it was her. Wow, if it's her. I just now remembered who it was. Um, she said, God loves you exactly the way you are. Yeah. And yeah. for some reason, I know I've heard it before. I know my mommy's told me. I'm sure my dad told me. I know my grandma told me. And I'm sure some other people did too. And I'm sure I heard a pastor say it too. But it was the first time I'd actually ever believed anybody. And when I accepted that God loved me the, just the way I was, I was able to exhale and I was able to be alone that night. And I was able to start making the first loving choices for myself. But the next day, the next day, because this is like the start of me being locked pretty much in isolation for a year, um, which was a pretty cool isolation gig. If you ask me, that's a whole other story. Uh, not jail. It was a, a nice place in Beverly Hills <laughs> in isolation. But anyway. I, but in that time, um, you know, I'd go to the gym and I was at Uber and I remember being an Uber and I love Uber share in LA because you never know who you're going to meet. It's always an adventure. But okay. I remember being in a crowded car. This is pre COVID and I could hear God speak to me and say that I need to tell this guy next to me that 
Jesus loves him. And I'm like, what? What? And I've never given a word to anyone at this time because I, that's not really, I, that it, it wasn't a thing. And he said, I go, what? I go, is this real? God, is this true? You're supposed to like confirm, right? And he goes, tell him Jesus loves you. I'm like, okay. I love I, it. I looked at him, go, hey, man. And we dropped the, the girls in the backseat off at their place. And I said, hey, I, I go, I think I'm supposed to tell you something. He goes, okay. And I go, it may sound weird, but I feel that I'm supposed to tell you this. He goes, okay, what? And I looked at him and I said, Jesus loves you. <laughs> Tears just falling down his face. And he goes, you don't know how bad I needed to hear that. I just got kicked out of my house and I've been shunned from my church because I came out as gay. Oh. I never thank God more in my life for being attracted to dudes and, and doing all the stuff I did for that moment. And the reason why is because God used me in that moment to say something to him that he needed to hear. And there's so many, there's freaking pastors all over the place that are suffering in silence. And they're scared. They feel shame. There's some of you out there that have given your life to the Lord. There's some of you out There's some of you that have just beaten the shit out of yourself and shamed yourself and hurt yourself because you're feeling it from people that you love and you don't feel safe and you feel that God doesn't love you. That is a lie. It's yeah. a lie. And I'm not condoning going out and being a whore. I'm not doing that. I'm not saying go out and sleep around. I'm not saying any of that stuff. Soul ties is a real dangerous thing. Okay. I'm not, so I'm not encouraging that any be, deviant behavior, but God loves you the way you are. Yes. And the sooner you wrap your head and your heart around that, your whole world is going to change because it doesn't matter what other people think. It matters what God thinks of you and Amen. God only. And then after that, it matters what you think about you. Yeah. And God will use you. God will use you even in your imperfection for his good. Let mm. God convict you. Don't let man be who you are. Maybe the truth for you changes. Maybe you find after time and healing that you no longer have those desires. Then that's beautiful. Yeah. But don't beat the crap out of yourself if it happens. If you make a mistake, God loves you the way you are. Bring everything to him. He yes. will answer you. He will show you the truth. He will speak to you if you surrender to him. But quit listening to man. Yes. Because they Amen. got their own ideals that may not be for you. Just like purpose. Madison's purpose is not mine. Uh, they're kind of they're kind of the same, but they're not <laughs> mine. So I can't run her way, race. I can only run my own. You can only run yours. And in doing that, you get to see just how much God loves you and how much God has for you. But you will never experience it until you accept the fact that God loves you. Amen. You know, Josh, I say this when I've told my testimony. I was sitting in the Orange County Jail over 70 days. <laughs> And you know what song came on that led me? I heard when I was a little girl, it was Crystal Lewis's song, Come Just As You Are. And oh, that's what brought me to God was Come Just As You Are. And you know who was on the, the TV? Good old Joel Olstein, who is definitely a horrific, horrible human being. But you know what? God <laughs> can use anybody. But guess what? 
Do you think that I think I think God is a comical God sometimes because when I sit back and laugh, I'm like, seriously, God. And so God was on the God. Well, God was on the TV. He used Joel Olstein, and I was gonna kill myself in that jail. I that my that was the moment I was done. And I heard the song "Come Just As You Are" because Crystal Lewis. We did these fashion shows when I was little, and Crystal would sing "Come Just As You Are," and they were good memories. And I loved Crystal Lewis; thought she was beautiful. Everything else. Then I'm in the jail, right? And I'm like, I'm done because I've been raped by the police officer for over seven years. Oh. And I was just done. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I'm done. Then when Joel Olstein, this is what Joel Olstein said. He said, you are in the darkest place you've ever been and you want to take your life. Give God one more chance. And then I hear just the come just as you are. You know how broken I was? I had been trafficked for almost a decade. I originally had made the choice to get into porn. Then I tried to get out of it. Then my freedom was taken away in the porn industry. Then I was sold overseas to somebody and was supposed to go overseas. And then the police raided this house that I had a warrant out for my arrest for something that I had done like however many years prior and took me to the jail. If it weren't for me making that stupid mistake, right? Having a warrant out for my arrest that everyone likes to say I still have, which I don't, it's like they're recycling warrants, like get a life, right? And so it is just like you said, God loves you how you are, come just as you are. I came as a broken, prostituted minded didn't think i was worth a dime at that point i just was so incredibly broken and thankfully when i got out of that jail i went to the courts and said i'm gonna plead guilty and like everyone said i was gone crazy and everything else and someone from my childhood who called me and said God told me to bring you into my home at my most broken state. When I had pled guilty in the court, the judge gave me house arrest and she brought me into her home. That moment of someone loving me where I was at and giving me grace of where I was at gave me a second chance at life. Now, have I been perfect at it? Heck no. Am I perfect? <laughs> Oh no, like I mess up all the time, but I just love, I just wanted to reiterate uh, what you said is that God does love you where you're at. And you know what? It's come just as you are because God is there. God's there for you now, brokenhearted, hurting. And like, I came to God when I sat there in the jail, I said to God, I'll give you one more effing chance. Fine. That's how, because God doesn't care how you come. <laughs> Yeah, you're coming like real. And so, like, you know, when people get mad at me, they're like, well, you cuss. I said, listen, Jesus knows I cuss. Sometimes I cannot get my point across unless I say a cuss word. I don't know how to communicate any other way without using the cuss word. Like, you can be offended all you want, but that is just like, you guys tell me, oh, you need to work on that. No, you need to work on whatever you need to work on, and God will do Hey, can you tell us about the Olstein thing? Because you brought it up when we met, and I was like, "That's like the the like, what? Never heard anything. I had never heard anything like that." And then you brought it up again. Can we get like a like a mini version at least? Yeah. So the mini. So I Joel Olstein never did anything. Well, and see, here's the thing: people judge Joel Olstein, but you just mentioned men doing things in the closet. I was not Joel Olstein's type, right? He was into dudes. He's into men. Like I saw him do things to men, right? And so 
when I've named people, I don't, I name them because something has happened to me. So it's difficult to say, okay, well, I saw him do this because then there's hearsay and all that other stuff. Right. So I just mentioned, I saw him do other things, but the reason that I said that I saw him do other things is because I think it's imperative that people know that he is such a huge part of me coming to God. God can use a donkey. God used Joel Olstein. So when I was being trafficked, you know, these mega church pastors, they're all friends. They all did these parties and these seance and these rape parties and these torture parties and all of it. They did all of it like underneath the churches. And so I saw him do things. But I think the reason God used him in the jail cell was because God wanted to tell the people that, again, come as you are, I can use anybody to speak through me, no matter where, even if they're, whether they're in sin or not. Joel, and, and again, Joel Osteen could have asked for forgiveness. I don't know. I don't know his heart personally. I know my experience that I had with him. And from what I see now of some of these pastors, their, their fruits are showing that they are still doing the same sins that they were doing when they trafficked me. And they have yet to come out and say, I've done this or anything else. So yeah, am I mentioning it? I don't want anyone to be harmed by these pastors. So that's my short story with Joel Olstein. And then, you know, years later ended up in the jail and, and you know what? I don't think Joel Olstein said those words. I think that was God in that TV speaking through Joel Olstein. And that it, it was like Joel was God's puppet, right? Like God was just using this man on the TV. And I think it was for me to tell my story years later of like God speaking around us all the time. We just yeah. have to listen. And God is in everything. Yes. This may be the devil's domain. But yes. God created all of this, so he is in everything. Amen. Amen. Everything. Yeah. That's Amen. why, I mean, I'm a big, I'm a, I mean, this is going to probably offend people, but I'm a huge proponent for cannabis and mushrooms as a, an alternative medication to uh, pharmacia. I'm with you on that. And listen, I'm going to admit it. When I cannot sleep because I do get nightmares and stuff still, I smoke pot at night if I cannot sleep. Now, am I getting high all the time? No, but I can be taking a bunch of pharmaceuticals that make me, I mean, I've been prescribed Percocet, Valium, all this other stuff that if I were to take, I would probably start shooting up heroin. And those, because when I was being trafficked, they shot me up with so many different drugs. I don't know what my addiction would be to. I know that with pot, I can take it to just relax me and then go to sleep. I don't have to do it throughout the day or whatever, but if there is a scenario where I am extremely anxious, then yes, I smoke that. Now, if I'm drinking like a glass of wine or whatever, I'm not drinking wine and getting high. Like, But again, I am with you on that. I think that those are better natural or alternatives and you know i've heard different things with the mushrooms in therapy in a controlled environment it can really bring out like i've been struggling with it because there's i have huge blacked out memory of my childhood and i've even thought okay let me go find a therapist that would give me this in a controlled setting so i can know and put all the pieces because i think that's how i truly find healing of knowing the complete story because i don't know the complete story i know what i know right now what i remember and i'm sure you're the same way you know what you know until you are blacked out and you just don't know it sounds weird but no i know I'm, what you mean i'm with yeah, you i've that is something that I'm under the covering of a church in Oklahoma City that 
I mean, 98% of the congregation is either a convict or an ex-con. I mean, it's, 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 it's that environment. And I love it. And my pastor, who is, I'm under the covering of, was the second biggest drug dealer in Houston, Texas, 40 years ago. I love it. Of course, he's been walking with the Lord for a long time. And, you know, the thing is, we don't necessarily agree on this subject. But I believe with all my heart, I heard it in the Bible today, when I was doing my quiet time, that everything God created was good. And, you know, cannabis is and mushrooms, it, God created it for a reason. And when you read the science and the studies, and there's brilliant studies in science out of Israel, where all the, if you want a legitimate study, I don't care if it's on skincare, I don't care if it's an HIV drug, I don't care if it's cannabis, CBD, anything, even, even the, the, that, that thing, you can get real data there, yeah. real science. And when you read the, what they found about cannabis, CBD, and, the, and mushrooms, it makes you go, what's the point of fo- big pharma? Mm-hmm. Oh, make money. Okay. <laughs> which, which is, I think we're all realizing what everything is about right now. Yeah. With, with the jab and with all the things. It's, it's all about who's in charge and, and the paper trail of not yeah. that's what we get. We don't get anything from God that's not going to profit the people running the show. Yeah, I mean, every, we everything, the food, all of that that has been just corrupted. They've yeah. corrupted food. They've they've corrupted yeah. the freaking soil. That that's the thing. Is like food. people. Like that's that's what happens when man is not aligned with God's purpose and God's yeah. intention for our lives. Is things get corrupt quickly. Yeah. So well, anyway, enough rants about cannabis and mushrooms, but yeah, I do speak out about it because. It is important. And I. this is another one of those things of, you know, I, I've been blessed to meet several of your uh, friends from social media. And <laughs> I think the camera is going to follow you. Oh, Stay here, God. camera. No! <laughs> you go. I'll walk with you. Yeah. Go. Go, 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 go. All right. Hold on. Stay here. You stay here. Follow me. Quit looking at my wife. Okay. Hold on. Come back. I want to say this real quick on that, because I know this is this, what people are going to say. Again, I know you probably have to go because I don't know how long your show is, but um, people are going to say, oh, the cannabis and mushrooms are a gateway drug. It's not a gateway drug for people like us that when we were shot up with drugs or uh, intentionally shot ourselves up with drugs, that is not a gateway drug. It's to keep us off of pharmacia and everything else to keep us away from it so. they gave me nine medications schizophrenia bipolar medications antidepressants i'm talking all at once oh and and uh what's that adhd stuff that's basically <laughs> synthetic meth it is they gave totally me all of that. yeah that made me abuse drugs more because i had i was like my soul was being robbed and when you read, like one thing for you to read, and those of you who don't know, most of you do know out there, but if you actually look at the effects, oh, this is another thing that's going to make some people have some fun. Wait, but wait, let me take you a look drink at the side effects, huh? Let me take a drink before you say it, just oh, yeah. to add to the... <laughs> be... be um... <laughs> oh no, what was I saying? 
You said the, the Christians are going to piss them off. And the no, before that, men. where was it going? Oh, mercy me. I A lot of brain trauma. Forgive me. <laughs> really... you remember, the synthetic meth and oh, uh, the The drugs. No, research the effects on the pineal gland. Like antidepressants, uh, the ADHD drugs, the heart medication, read that. And another thing, too, about the cannabis and mushrooms, if you're taking other pharmaceutical medications, uh, you, I, do, I don't recommend it because they no. do interact in a negative way. So I want to make that clear. But the pineal gland is, if you notice, the, and to bring up the Catholic Church, and you look at old historic buildings that have been around since the beginning of time, ancient Egypt, they, they, they have pine cones all over the place. On the staff that the Pope carries, he's got a pine cone because the pineal gland is where our intuition is. And it matters. It, the fluoride in the water, the reason why Nazi Germany started pumping it in the water was to dumb down your ability, your intuition, your ability to think for yourself. They want to make you zombies. Don't think that the Americans won the war. Nazi Germany didn't lose. They just moved to America. NASA, yeah. Nazis. Anyway... Yeah. But the fluoride in the water, the fluoride in everything, the food, the poisons that they put in there, it's about dumbing us down to basically class, class, classify, uh, calcify our pineal glands. Yeah. That is so real. So it's really, really easy research to find, too. Just, I mean, Google, DuckDuckGo, research the effects of antidepressants on the pineal gland. Yeah. It basically calcifies turn like calcium you think about calcium buildup that's what happens with your pineal gland yeah. that's why so many people are becoming sheep so yeah that's why i'm a proponent so i had to make a decision because all this medication that they were telling me i needed to take which all by the way when you have did and taking those medications they were prescribing it just makes you worse and then so of course i'm craving i need these drugs i want to feel normal i want to feel alive i don't want to feel like a zombie because my spirit is wanting to break out and go ah! and, so, <laughs> and it won't happen because yeah. i'm dumbed down with these drugs and for some reason after reading reading these studies about in israel about cannabis i was like you know what screw it i'm gonna quit taking all the medication i don't recommend this at all the way i did it I quit taking everything cold turkey, went to cannabis, and little by little, I started healing. I started, yeah. my mental health became better. Did I switch? Did I go to different altars? Oh, absolutely. But it was nothing like before. Yeah. That's why I'm a proponent for it. I'm with you on it. They tried to, after I had my first son, they wanted to put me on all these antidepressants. I had way horrible postpartum and just was like, totally on another level of crazy and i'm like and then i was in colorado and i'm like find me like something and let me do research because the drugs were making me so on they were making me crazy i felt crazy and i felt like that i felt like just like what you were like ah, like just like i was trapped inside my body and i couldn't get out of it like it just you just sounds crazy so when i started yeah, doing pot and you have to like the cannabis you have to like do different strands because certain strands will make you create so i started like yep. trying different things and finally i mean i tried the edibles they made me anxious and i'm like <laughs> i i can't like there's just different things and finally i was like a pen a, a pot pen makes me calm 
and even yeah. if I'm anxious or anything else, and I don't take anything else. Like if I were to have a glass of wine and then do it, I would feel anxious again and, and whatever. So I think people need to do their research. People are just lazy and all of these drugs it is, it's to control the population with, through drugs and vaccines. And yeah, you're right. And the other thing too, is with any of this stuff, there's, you just ask, ask. like yeah. I, God is inside of you too. You know, God, God's everywhere, including yeah. inside of you. Christ Jesus is inside of you. So you can ask, is this right for me? Yeah. Because I look, I know some people that can take um, like olive leaf. I mean, that's a random thing, right? <laughs> olive leaf yeah. for medication and it helps them. And there's other things. But when I take it, I break out in hives. <laughs> it's not for me. It may be herbal and it may be, you know, good for other people, but it's not good for me. Yeah. Black seed oil. Good for me. Not good for others. Cannabis. Good for me. Maybe not you, but that's yeah. what you need to ask the spirit inside you, because that is where your answers are, not man. Amen. Amen. And go with your intuition. Stop listening to all these other people because God will show up. One thing I realized, and I the lady that took me into her house when I was on house arrest, she I asked her a question and she goes, You know, since you were a little girl, God always spoke to you, but people always tried to shut that off. She's like, Go go ask God and answer your question, and he'll answer your question. So I went and prayed and I opened my Bible randomly, and seriously, no joke, God like answered my question. And I was like, This is really creepy. So God will show up. You just have to ask, but yeah. really truly ask, not be like, Okay, God, show up, and then like not really want him. You have to like want it more than anything for him to show up. So anyway, thank you for having me on. I just adore both of you. Aww, we love you. Um, so blessed to have been able to get to know you more and that we, you were, you know, you go to events, uh, in my experience, going to events, you meet people and sometimes you hit it off and you're like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to stay in touch. And yeah, you're my brother now and all that stuff. And then you never talk to him again. Um, and I, some people stick. And some people stick. I just stuck with me. You've followed through on everything that you said you were going to do. You've been everything. Why is the camera I like you now? Camera. Wait, I saw that. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's it's I I'm just I'm blessed to call you a sister, and we will do anything and everything we can to support you. We are ride or die friends with you, and um, you know, and brother and sister in Christ. Anything we can do for you, let us know. But we're just, we're, this was fun. This was this was actually the fastest. How long did we go? An hour and 22 minutes went by so fast. So thank we'll have you. to do a part two and really yeah. talk about our story. Yeah, we'll do it again, hopefully in person. And, um, you know, and I also just I want to give a shout out to all of, the, of your friends that came over and, and said hello to thank us. You. Um, that's a lot of friend requests. I'm trying to get through all of them. <laughs> it's I'm going to follow, not friend requests, but they i i'm like going how am i going to get through this i need to like block out my calendar but i promise <laughs> i will try i will get through them eventually but thank you and um madison please plug your book tell everybody where they can buy your book and um we'll uh, be done sure so my book you can go on um it's grum road and so there You'll have a link. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Gumroad. Someone, uh, my friend actually put it on there for me because I was like trying to send them out. So right now I do not, people keep asking me about the hard versions. My distributor, originally on my original book, I changed the names. And so I 
then re-edited it and put the names of everyone I've been speaking out against and the distributor refuses to release it to me because of those names in there. So we're in like a legal battle. So right now it's just the online book where the names aren't changed. So just please buy the online book and they can go to my website too, madisonmarquette.com. Very cool. And of course, do you want to give your telegram or is that private? Um, you know what? If they want my telegram, just send me a message on um, Facebook or telegram and we'll get you in. I put it private because of all the hate groups towards me <laughs> and now I can't get it back to go public. So just send me a message or I'll post it on Facebook and people can go join. By me. the way, all of you that hate Madison, you're really going to yes. hate me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I love you. <laughs> you just please send, you can divert some of your hatred towards me. I feed off of it. I love it. <laughs> Um, and I, there's nothing you can say about me that I have not said about myself or any of my ex-wives have said, so yeah. I've heard it all. So there's nothing you can say. And by the way, if you really want some ammo of what you can make fun of me about, um, go buy the, the devil inside me. Yes. <laughs> You'll have lots of ammo to hate me with. Tell my people um, where they can buy your book. Cause I'm going to post this on my telegram and everything. So tell them where they can buy your oh. book. Well, we actually just got picked up by Barnes and Noble yesterday, but right now, uh, and uh, what was it? Lulu is the other distribution platform that we're on, but we're also on Amazon. You can get the hardcover, the soft cover, I think it's called, oh, paperback and the ebook. Um, I can't, I'm blown away. It's still number one in a couple of categories um, that are the, actually the categories that make me feel good that it's number one in, not like underwater basket weaving category. Um, <laughs> like, but yeah, you can check it out in our film, our website. Actually, you can watch the movie too. It's free on our website. Go to livemonoworldwide.org. I'm letting you know right now, if um, you're not ready to face your triggers, don't read it because it puts your intense. triggers right in your face. So yeah. the movie is very intense as well. So <laughs> probably, probably more, <laughs> um, but there is a message to it. And, uh, and, and so it's, it's not for everybody. But I promise you, if you're somebody that has suffered in silence, if you're somebody that has secret mm -hmm. shame, if you're somebody that's battled with any kind of addiction, if you've been abused, you are an abuser. If you're a narcissist, if you are living a lie, this book's for you. Yeah. And uh, there's no greater compliment in the world than I hear from moms. I'm sending this to prison for my son, or I'm sending this to my child who worships the devil. Nothing makes me happier because... Mm -hmm. The whole reason we did the book the way we did it was one, I did not, I wanted to create a space that hopefully it would help my, the, the past people I hurt, it would make them feel comfortable to be able to talk. I mean, some of them have, some of them still keep it quiet. Um, I also wanted to write it in a way that would be completely honest so that when they, if they read it or heard about it, they wouldn't be able to come back and say, well, he lied or misrepresented that because no, it's all true. And I, trust me, I take the responsibility for everything that's done. But my hope also is that it creates the space that people can start having conversations that are a little bit uncomfortable because mm -hmm. the truth is uncomfortable, yeah. but the truth is necessary. If you're holding a secret, if your husband is is hurting you, if your spouse is doing something, if you're you're holding secrets because you think you're protecting the family, I want to be very, very clear about this. Your secrets are killing not only you, but you're killing everyone you love because they're not getting, you're robbing them of you. Your mm -hmm. secrets are your are poison to your soul. Yeah. And um, 
And, and so I hope it also gives people the courage and the understanding of knowing that you're not going to be perfect and God still loves you. Yeah. Oh, love that. Madison, God bless you. Thank you so much for Thank being you. here. Bye. Love you both. Bye. See you soon. Okay. Bye. Madison Marquette, everybody. All right, you guys, thank you so much for being here. I'm going to play a little bit um, of, this is kind of cool. So if you have headphones, good time to put headphones in. Um, no, seriously, because this is a, a four, this is the 432 megahertz. Is it megahertz? I don't know. It, yeah, it's a, a certain sound frequency. And this is Jesus's teaching. I found this very, very powerful today. And I think you will enjoy it. You all have a blessed day. Thank you for being here. God bless. The poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted, and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same as greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoso shall receive one such little child in my name, receiveth me. 
Master, we saw one casting out devils in thy name, and he followeth not us. And we forbade him because he followeth not with us. Forbid him not. For there is no man which shall do a miracle in my name that can lightly speak evil of me. For he that is not against us is on our part. For whosoever shall give you a cup of water to drink in my name, because ye belong to Christ, verily I say unto you, he shall not lose his reward. Whosoever shall offend one of these little ones that believe in me, it is better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck, and he were cast into the sea. Well, unto the world, because of offenses. For it must needs be that offenses come. But woe to that man by whom the offense cometh. Wherefore, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off and cast them from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life halt or maimed rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into everlasting fire and if thine eye offend thee pluck it out and cast it from thee it is better for thee to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hellfire take heed that you despise not one of these little ones I say unto you that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father, which is in heaven. For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. Whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Ye have heard that it hath been said. An eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. What think ye? He is guilty of death. Death! Yeah. Yeah. But I say unto you that ye resist not evil. But whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if any man will sue thee at the law, and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him, twain. Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn thou not away. Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor, and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, 
love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? And if ye salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Be therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. This man receiveth sinners, and eateth with them. What man of you having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, if not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost until he find it. When he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. When he cometh home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which I had lost. I say unto you, that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Judge not, that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. 
With what measure ye meet shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye? But considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how shalt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote out of thine eye? And behold, a beam is in thine own eye. Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh, receiveth. And he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, shall be open. But what man is there of you whom if his son ask bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask him a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good gifts unto them that ask him? Therefore all things work Whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. find it. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. Not every one that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name cast out devils? And in thy name done many wonderful works, and then will I profess unto them, 